This is the Search Hustle Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and share the methods, tools, and experiences that we handle every week as digital marketers working with SMBs, franchises, e-commerce, and startups to help them grow their business. So why is on-page SEO important? Vital to understand and employ SEO the proper way. You can do it wrong, and you can break a site. We see it all the time. You want to hold or increase search traffic to a website, so you want to take the traction it has, assuming it's the right traction, and you want to improve upon it. About 40% of website traffic starts with a search query. People go to Google. People go to social medias. People go to a search engine. doesn't matter which one it is. And that's where they're really starting their search. That's how the World Wide Web is used right now. Google's algorithms are always being updated. We're talking daily, weekly, monthly, certainly huge ones quarterly. Multiple times a month, making it essential to stay up to date on the latest changes. Guess what? You can't. That's why you have to have an agency that does. Because we see them coming down the pipeline, and it's almost like we're stacking plates of where we know they're going and what they do. And so we want to stay within line of where the digital algorithm is going, where the Google algorithm is going, where algorithms are going in general. As a business owner, you certainly should be not be worrying about those things. As a marketer, you certainly should be worrying about those things. And to stay ahead of the competition, you need to know more than just the basics of keyword research. Uh, certainly important keyword research. But your competitors also have that same research. So it's you versus the competition. It's you doing the right things, them doing the right things, and then you continually doing more right things because they're going to see what you do and they're going to continually do more right things. Right? It's competition. It's war. It's the art of war. It's the art of SEO. These are why we need to understand SEO and all the things that go into on-page. On-page SEO tips. Perform an SEO audit. What do we have? What are the gaps? What can we do better? Create optimized pages. There is a rhythm. There is a technique to make good pages that win in the search engines. Term frequency and inverse document frequency. Some people don't even use this. We pay attention to these things. Synonyms of keywords. Create long-form content, page segmentation, and voice search. Just to name a few. Perform an SEO audit. An SEO audit is an inspection of overall site performance. This is the elements on the page. And I'll just read them down here and expound upon them. Do all website pages have SEO titles and meta descriptions, H1s? Not every page on a website is built to rank in Google. You have to understand, these are functional pages that people need on the site. They have no use in the, in the search engines. We certainly don't need to labor over that percentage of the website. There will be a percentage, 10, 15, 20% of the website. <coughs> And even you're going to have another set of landing pages that are built for ads that shouldn't even be in the index. We're really talking about those pages that are built to win in Google. Does every page include a keyword or keywords or what's the keyword cloud or what's the purpose of this page? And so do we understand what we are trying to accomplish with this page? Is it tracked in a document? Is the URL structure optimized for search engines? Do we not have this weird index.php slash slug slash category subdomain over here, subcategory over here? Does it make sense? Is it a simple structure? Is it short as concise and concise as possible? Sometimes we have to make them a little longer to geo-modify them for local businesses and for local searches. But other than that, we need to keep them concise, as short as possible, and right down to the keyword area that we're targeting. And these are things that we can modify over time anyway. 
do images include keywords in the file name, in the alt text? Certainly, if you've chosen an image for a page, you need to be able to incorporate the keyword or something about the keyword into that file name, or else you're using the wrong image. Or make it so you can do that, so that you're not cheating and lying. Make the image applicable to that keyword, and that's how you choose your imagery. And then, of course, the the title, the alt text. You can line up、uh, a sentence that includes that keyword. This all helps the SEO. It strengthens the SEO. We're not leaving anything on the table. Is the site mobile friendly? Certainly, you're going to build it on a computer monitor, and maybe you're building it on huge monitors. And now you have to. Pare that thing down and check it on tablet size, and check it on mobile size, and actually check it with a phone because the the、uh, tools that Google sh- shows you are not accurate. You need to get several phones and check it on the iPhone 10, check it on the o- iPhone le- 11, check it on whatever the other phone is. Don't have a clue. And so check on those phone types because that's where people are going to be searching, and you're going to find really quickly that there are going to be text letters that roll over to the next. Um, line, you did some padding or something unique, and it's way off screen, and you don't have a unique margin that's all the way down the page. In some areas, it's got no margin. Some areas, it's got some margin. You need to homogenize, uniform the UI as best you can. So, what is the load speed? Use a tool. Tools.pingdom, GT Metrics. These are great tools. I'll show you them in this module. And、um, these are just ways to ping the page, see what the、uh, time to first byte is, see how quickly it actually loads in a search engine. Go and try to try to load it in a browser and see how quickly it pops up. You may have to change your server if you're using GoDaddy for a server. Yeah, your sites can be slow.、Um, if you're not using a performance server, don't expect your site, no matter what you do it, it to it to be fast. If you're using a fast,、uh, a fat, bulky theme like a Divi, it's already inherently going to be slower. So what you build it with matters from the server. To the theme you use, to the elements you include on the page, how many calls, how many images, what videos—if you're streaming a video in the background—all of this requires time. All of it is going to take away from the speed of the page. There's always a trade-off between design and speed, and to me, speed's number one. And now, what design components must we have on this page to help with conversion? Do you have any backlinks, internal links? What does that look like? Do we have companies linking back to us because we're authoritative, because we've got great content, because we're the source? And then internal links. Do we have a structure that makes sense? Do our pages link to other pages that are、uh, content that should also be read along with this page, or people also want to read these things? And then vertically. What is above this page? How can we get them into a funnel to become a client or to get onto our、uh, our emailing list or something? So backlinks, internal links, super important. Have to know what we have. This is all trackable. We're putting the H1s, H2s, H3s, meta title, meta description, slug in a document. We're putting the internal links, external links. We're putting in this document. Has it been re-indexed、uh, with Google Search Console? Can we check the the Keywords it's winning for in Search Console. Can we check the impressions? Can we check the clicks? I'll show you some of these things. Are there any broken internal links? Certainly, you're going to need an hrefs or a screaming frog to check these, and then you're going to check for four fours. You're going to check for links out to HTTP.、Uh, we don't want to link link out to things that aren't secure. Is the site optimized for UI? Is the user experience and the interface set to convert? Is it set to look great? Are the tap targets so close that the person can't tap the button? 
All of this matters. Tap target size, viewport matters, having a call to action and a first viewport. If you're on the contact page, I don't need to scroll three viewports to get to a contact page. I'm here to fill out a contact page. Why don't I have the contact page right here in my face or the phone number? Whatever people need to convert. So create optimized pages. The more organically purposeful pages a website has, the more search traffic you'll get. And then hopefully conversion, right? We're starting with impressions and then we've got clicks and then we've got leads and leads turn into uh, cold, warm and hot leads. And they eventually turn into potential clients and then clients and then repeat customers. It's that whole pyramid. And so the more pages that we have that help us get more traffic that's applicable to um, our business or to the industry or the niche of the space, then it gives us more ability to develop a name, develop credibility, and get sales. So there are a few qualities that a good page should include. Navigation. There needs to be a header navigation. Sometimes there needs to be a sidebar navigation. Sometimes there needs to be internal uh, navigation with like button type things that get you to additional pages and certainly there's a footer navigation or maybe we might call that a junk drawer so uh, navigation so that the user finds horizontals and verticals these are pages to the left these pages above and below informative and high value content certainly don't write junk don't have a person on fiverr write the content for your business that makes no sense have a real content writer who has done content research and keyword research and understands the gap analysis of of what the competitors pages look like and why we have to have these pages and how we write them so that they fit within our brand and our brand messaging layered with seo copywriting so that it wins in google also sells our brand and represents us correctly and so we have to have high value content and we also need it to be long enough and to, and to cover enough things, having a structure of H1s and H2s. So site structure, H1, H2s, H3, slug, meta title, title, meta description, all of this matters. It needs to be in a document. We need to see how the overarching website looks. We need to see how the pages look and make sure that they're not cannibalizing other pages and so that they're purposeful. And so we can get this feedback in Google Search Console very quickly on what pages are competing for certain keywords. How can we uh, redirect some, add content from this page to this other page, redirect it to this other page, minimalize the pages that are fighting, or make them so so that they live um, independently. And then a call to action. Certainly the whole point is on an informative website is to get leads. It's to inform people, but also we need to, like like a, a site that's uh, a lead gen website, which is most, most businesses, is, is a lead gen. If it's not an e-commerce, then it's usually, uh, if you're not selling a SaaS or a, some sort of e-commerce, for the most part, it sits in this this lead gen for business owners. Nonprofits are kind of a little different, and, and then the, the govs and the EDUs, certainly those are business sites for those types of, of companies but for dot coms and for and for for-profit businesses you're looking usually at a lead gen website it has to have call to actions it has to be able to convert now term frequency inverse document frequency and i'm going to pull up some things on google because i want to show you some things here all right check this out i go to google i type in seo and i want to kind of get an idea of topics so i look at this little thing here it's really cool image search gives you this this nomenclature. So when I'm looking at SEO, I might cover topics like digital marketing, infographics, social media, logos, businesses, icons. It really gives me an understanding of what people are looking for or what Google says these are topics under SEO. If I'm looking at this, uh, and it's not serving totally on this, but if you'll look here, here's an H1. Kill this. There's content 
H2s, tons of H2s, H1, images, images that are named after. Now here's the footer. This is not main area. This is what we call a footer. So it's not the same, it doesn't get the same uh, weight as body area. So when I mention body area, I'm really about talking about this contextual area here. It carries a ton of weight. And so if you look at this, uh, this main nav here, the main nav is also not a, um, a, it's a general area. It doesn't get the weight of the body. So when we talk about main nav, side nav, footer nav, these areas don't get a, as much SEO juice as maybe the body of the document gets. Of course, having it across the site increases internal links and et cetera and things like that. When I talk about keyword frequency, I always love to look at um, this. There's free tools out here, but here's one, SEO review tools. And let's just pop this page right here, why not? Inside this uh, SEO document, I always like to check pages and see what the um, the keyword frequency is. I'm also looking for inverse um, terms. So on this page, I've got marketing, which is a single word. Unless I'm targeting a single word, I usually don't even look at one words. I'm usually looking at the two words. So content marketing, this is under uh, content marketing, setting goals. It really is supposed to be cr cr uh, propping up content marketing, right? Content is is key, king, setting goals is really about that. So it makes sense that there's a pretty high frequency for content marketing, marketing intros, search hustle, marketing campaigns, social media, lots of good keywords here. What I might also look for is a high, like a, a word out there that other websites have on it that you see in low frequency, like you only see it mentioned one time, but the pages that are in the top 10 index or the first three, they mention this word one time. That's why I'm going to scrape these other sites with a keyword index or density checker. I'm going to see if I see any unique words on that page that they're using, and I'm going to try to incorporate that one word. For some reason, sometimes that one word just... It's a signal to Google that this page is about this thing. BuzzSumo, also a great resource. So you've got the Google image search. You've got a keyword density checker on a page, and this is how we can uh, scrape our competitors. BuzzSumo is really good. So if I pop in SEO, it's going to give me this uh, keyword cloud. It gives me a really nice keyword cloud. And this can tell me of other pages that I need to have, vertical pages. It might tell me about a category. And it might also clue me in on how the H1 and the H2 on those pages need to be structured. Also, when I'm searching in like an Ahrefs tool or an SEMrush tool, I can drop in a domain or I can do a keyword explorer and I can get tons of great information about the keyword difficulty, keyword ideas, matching terms, uh, search suggestions, how people are using it, what's in the top 10 for the index right here, who's winning those things. And it really helps me to kind of see who my war report, who's in my war report for this. Certainly I wouldn't want to go at that. Um, that would just make no sense. And Another tool we use very often for technical SEO is, and I'm not going to sign in here because I'm just going to show you one thing here, but uh, Answer the Public, a great technical, a great content research, a great tool that we use. It gives us this cloud of who, what, when, where, when, how, who, what, when, where, how, why, all of the stuff that we need to answer. Oh, I always love interstitials like that. Um, okay. So who, what, when, where, how. This helps me to understand more H2s. It helps me understand an FAQ section. 
And this really helps me make sure I'm covering things that people are asking, questions that people have. And it helps me to keep the scope of those pages within scope. It tells me other pages that may make sense to have. If, it, if I can cover something in 1,500 words, I mean, covered in 4,000 words, if I can uh, break it down into five documents that all live on their own because they have different user intent, really I'm trying to figure out what's the user intent and try to be exhaustive about that user intent, what that page is about, and have other pages when the user's intent changes. So those are some really cool tools that we're going to be using in technical SEO. All right. So term frequency, like I just said, term frequency, it's like, what is the keyword density on the page? I also want to look at what is this unique word that I see on pages that went for this. I try to incorporate that word into the content. Synonyms. We don't, like if we have a page about golfing, use language like sticks, clubs, nine iron. These are synonyms for this to help Google understand. We're not just trying to keyword stuff. It just gets monotonous when I'm trying to read and it's the same word over and over again. Use synonyms. They count. The algorithm gets it. The AI is, is smart enough these days. So try to change the use of the of the word, like the variations, and, and use the synonyms to help that structure. Create long-form content. This is where we talked about be exhaustive with that page. But but if it makes sense to have two pages because of the user's intent, then you have two pages. If it makes sense to have three pages, then you have three pages. You have as many verticals and many horizontals and many verticals as you need. Think about it as here's my category here, my subcategories. It makes sense to have pages that are subcategorical. And then under that, it's also going to make sense to have topics fleshed out even further. Orkin does it really well. So research is repeatedly shown. Longer pages, they work. Words that are shorter than five... uh, Posts that are shorter than 500 words, they really need to be answering one very small thing. Page segmentation. This is what we're talking about, the the uh, different sections. So certain keyword elements comprise every web page. This is the header. These are the footers. These are the meta title, the internal links, the sidebars, the site structure. This is how we – it's not like a book. We don't read forever and then there's the next chapter. When we're looking at a website, we're scanning. There needs to be H2s. It needs to be sectioned off. We don't read blocks of text on a website. It's it's exhausting. We have like one, two, and three word paragraphs, and we ha- use white space, and we use H2s to separate sections so people can scan down the page and see what they really want to read. So voice safe, voice search, super important. As mobile devices become a primary means by which people interact with search engines, so too does voice search, all right? This is us having FAQs that are specific to that page. We don't need an FAQ page that covers every FAQ that applies to the planet. We have a page, and the FAQs that apply to that information from that page are at the bottom. And we're going to use schema markup to mark that up. And guess what? That's going to help us with voice search because we're going to get featured snippets. We're going to win for FAQs. And we're going to get all kinds of good Google love. And it's going to help us with voice search. We really want to structure as much in a question mark form, question and answer as we can. Usually kind of where it's applicable, but usually at the bottom. Um, certainly don't want all my H2s to be question marks because then that gets really annoying to read. So pay attention to readability. Pay attention to make sure we're answering the questions that have to do with the topic of that page. Don't have FAQs that are applicable to a different page trying to rank for what those FAQs are talking about. Have those FAQs on that page. Don't have a generic FAQ page that's in general covering all things under the sun. That doesn't work. 
And this is how we'll win for voice search. Those are some advanced on-page SEO tips. If you need to watch that, go back now. If not, I'll see you in the next module. Thanks for listening to the Search Hustle podcast. If you're interested in learning more about digital marketing and taking your knowledge to the next level, be sure to check out searchhustle.com where we've got tons of free content, stuff that we use every week to market businesses as well as our in-depth digital marketing course. Start your search hustle today at searchhustle.com.